If you have your Bible with you, uh, if you're one of those that brought your Bible, I want you to open to Matthew chapter 26. And if you were one of the ones that downloaded it, go ahead and get to on your phone, Matthew chapter 26. And if you did not listen to me when I said download it and you don't have it on your phone, see, it's too late. I'm just kidding, it's right here. But I want you to download it. I want you to get to Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Today's gonna be a little bit different. Uh, It's not something that I do, uh, but I'm gonna say something that Jesus said quite often after he would tell a parable. And that is, let him who has ears hear. So let him who has ears hear. Here we go, Matthew chapter 26. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, by the way, I'm in the ESV. For those of you trying to figure out what translation I'm using right now, you're like, what is he doing? ESV. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days, the Passover is coming and the son of man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment. She poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant saying, why this waste? This could have been sold for a large sum of money and give it to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And one of the 12, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. From that moment, he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. The disciples did just as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the 12. As they were eating, he said, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. They were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, is it I, Lord? He answered, he who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. A son of man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, you have said so. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to all of them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. 
Peter answered, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. And Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest later on. See the hours at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. While he was still speaking, Judas came one of the 12 and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man sees him. Came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled? That it must be so. At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching, but you did not seize me. All this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. And all the disciples left him and fled. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest. Going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, this man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, have you no answer to make? What is... It that these men testify against you. Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. But Jesus said to him, you have said so, but I tell you from now on, you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his robes and said, he has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You've heard this blasphemy. What is your judgment? And they answered, he deserves death. And they spit in his face, struck him. Some slapped him saying, prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you mean. When he went out to the entrance 
Another servant girl saw him and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you too are one of them for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He went out and wept bitterly. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him, led him away and delivered him over to Pilate the governor. Then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, he changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. But the chief priest taking the pieces of silver said, it is not lawful to put them into the treasury since it's blood money. So they took counsel and brought with them or bought with them the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. Therefore, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him on whom a price had been set by some of the sons of Israel. And they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. Now Jesus stood before the governor governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, you have said so. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many, uh, how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. They had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus who's called Christ? And they all said, let him be crucified. He said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters. They gathered the whole battalion before him. They stripped him, put on a scarlet robe on him, twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head put a reed in his right hand and kneeling before him, they mocked him saying, hail, king of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe, put his own clothes back on him and led him away to crucify him. 
As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled this man to carry his cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. Over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him saying, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani. That means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. One of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed, gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split and the tombs were also open. Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what take place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he's risen from the dead. The last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb and behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen as he said. Come see the place where he lay. 
Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. They came up to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city, told the chief priests all that had taken place. When they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by at night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, he will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money, did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So, how we doing? We good? I want to ask you a question. How many of you would say that's the most Bible you've read in a very long time? You don't have to raise your hand. I mean, some of you can. That's fine. I appreciate the honesty. Thank you, guys. Maybe in the last week, in the last month, last three months, maybe the last year. Now, I'm not asking this question to shame you, okay? So if you feel shame automatically when I ask that question, don't do that, okay? That's not what this is about. Um, I just need you to understand how important this book is. I need you to understand that this book is much more than a book, much more than something that we do once a week, it's much more than just something that Pastor Trevor does, but it's, it's got power. It's got life within it. And it's interesting because, you know, 40 minutes of me on a Sunday is like totally fine for everybody. Well, maybe some people would, I mean, probably prefer about 30 to 35, but you understand. 40 minutes of me on a Sunday, totally normal, but about 20 minutes of just reading straight scripture, kind of uncomfortable, <laughs> kind of awkward, Right? But why is that, right? Why is that? Why is it awkward? Listen, let me tell you this. There's nothing that I can say on this stage that compares to the word of God, amen? Not one thing that I ever say on this stage will ever have the power or the authority to transform your life like that book right there. There's truth and life in that book. It will transform the way you think. It'll transform the way you act. It'll, it'll change the way that you talk. It'll change the way that you, everything will change. It'll transform your entire life. And God's word will melt away addictions in the name of Jesus. We believe that. It'll heal your body. It will restore your marriage. It will instruct your children. It will give you hope in the valley. 
calm in the storm and faith to move the mountains that are in front of you that look too big. The problems that you're facing, let me encourage you, God's word has every answer. We've been in this fast for one week now, all right? It's only been seven days. And every day I have sought to, to hear God's voice. That's, that's why, why we're doing it. You know, if, if you're wondering why are we not eating or why are we giving up something? Maybe you've never fasted before and we kind of talked about it last week. What's the deal with this prayer and fasting for 21 days? And ultimately the point of it, guys, is to seek the face of God, to seek after God, to hear his voice, get direction for you in your life, direction for your family, direction for our church. But ultimately it's just to connect with God in a focused time of prayer, of worship. And every day, so I've, I've tried to hear God's voice uh, during this fast. I've been doing, uh, many of you do different things, a Daniel fast, or some people fast one meal a day, or uh, some people fast, you know, different things, whether it be social media or the time that maybe you would normally be watching Netflix, you spend praying or whatever it might be, I don't know. But for me anyway, I've been doing about 20 hours, uh, 20 hours of fasting and then four hours of eating. Uh, that's kind of been my thing for the last, since we started the fast. And let me tell you, first off, how many of y'all, uh, you don't ever eat breakfast? Like you just never eat breakfast. You're not a breakfast person, okay? I could get, I'm like you, I could get away with not eating breakfast. So I decided I'm gonna try to do, uh, I'm gonna actually eat breakfast and eat lunch and then fast dinner, okay? That is a sacrifice for this guy right here. Let me tell you right now, that is some tough stuff, okay? So then I'll eat lunch and then I won't eat again until I'll eat about noon and I won't eat again until maybe, you know, eight or nine uh, the next morning and it's tough. But what it's done is it has pushed me to God. Let me tell you, when you start getting hungry about five, six o'clock, especially when your wife is eating chocolate cake right in front of you with the kids. Thank you, Lindsay, for that. Really appreciated it. It's tough, but what does it do? It reminds you to go to God. I need you, God. I need your spirit to sustain me. I need a word from you. I'm gonna go to prayer I'm gonna to go to you, I'm gonna to go to your word. And every day I've sought to hear God's voice and I've prayed for you, I've prayed for me and my family and our church. And, and, but it can be tough to hear the voice of God, right? Just be real, like it could be hard. You're like, is this, is this God speaking? Is this him? Is it just me? Is it my voice that I'm hearing right now? Is this the enemy? Is it my flesh? Is this a godly desire or is this something that I shouldn't be wanting? Or I don't know, God, where are you leading? What are you saying? It's just hard to hear the voice of God sometimes. And let me tell you this, 100% of the time that I go to scripture, I hear God speak. Why is that? Because he's already said it. Think about it. 100% of the time, if you wanna hear God's voice, if you go to scripture, you will always hear it because he's already spoken it. He's already said it. It's right here. And what's so tough for me sometimes is I think we get so busy with our lives and we get so busy doing the things that we do. And there's nothing wrong with having a job. Good for you. The Bible says, you know, you got to work or you don't eat. That's what the Bible says. So work, go to school. You have kids, you're running around from point A to point B to point C. They all go to three different schools. You know, if they're all the different ages. I know, I know how it goes. Parents in the room, college students that are here, you know, like y'all think y'all busy, you know, anyway, but 
just wait. <laughs> yeah, you're busy. It's all right. Here's the deal. Don't ever become too busy to allow the word of God to be a regular part of your life, a daily part of your life. If you miss a day, don't miss two. If you miss two, don't miss three. If you're one of those people that said, I haven't read this book in that amount or in that kind of way in a week or a month or a year, let today be the day that you change that. Let today be the day that you go back to the word of God. You go back to your first love and you say, God, I need you to speak to me. I need a word from you, God. I wanna hear your voice. And, and, and you just gotta go back to the word of God. And I just feel like that was the word that God wanted me to share with you today, not to shame you, not for you to feel guilty, but for us to understand the importance of what God has already said, that God wants to speak to you and I. And many times in a fast, we're trying to hear God's voice. We're praying, God, would you speak a word for me? And we wanna try to hear and decipher. And there's nothing wrong with having a spoken word, a revelation that God just gives you. But I'm telling you, every single time that I've opened this book in the last seven days and I've prayed God speak to me, I've heard his voice and he's spoken a word to me through these words. I've read the same passages over and over and over again, but I hear something different every single time. It's amazing how God does that. It's the word of God, it says is alive. It's active, it's breathing, it's, it's useful. It's good for you. It'll change... I don't understand how it works. But what I do know is that when I read the word of God, my life changes for the better. I've seen it happen time and time again. I feel better. My marriage gets better. My kids act better. That's a miracle. So we did this thing with Oakland. Um, we, my son, Oakland, he's five. And Lindsay found this thing on, online in December. And it's this thing where you read the book of Luke like it's one through 24 and you just read it every day of uh, the first 24 days. And then Christmas, obviously you have Christmas morning. And, and so the first time we started reading the book, we read chapter one on December 1st. And he was like, what's happening right now? Like, what are we doing? You know, and I've read the Bible in front of him before. So he knows he has his own Bible and we were reading it out of there, but it wasn't really, you know, he was like, okay, cool. We read a chapter of the Bible. All right. He wasn't really paying attention, but about halfway through, we were all sick. We were sick for the whole three weeks we were doing it, okay? And about halfway through, we were all sick. And I was just like, let's just not, you know, you know, let's just not maybe do it tonight. And Oakland was like, no, it is the 16th. And we are reading Luke chapter 16 tonight, okay? He was very adamant about it. Let me tell you, when you value the word of God, your kids will value the word of God. When you value prayer in church, when you value hearing the voice of God, when you value this book right here, your kids will value it too. I can promise you that. If you wanna hear the voice of God and you're struggling to, start with what he's already said. If you wanna know who God is, start with what he's already revealed about himself through his son, Jesus. You see, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And he also said too, it's very interesting. Jesus said, the son by himself can do nothing. Very interesting. The son can do nothing by himself, but only what the father does, I also do. What is he saying? Jesus is just looking to the father and then replicating what he's hearing and what he's seeing his father in heaven do. So what does that mean? You wanna know the father? You wanna know who God is? Read about the son. You wanna know what God sounds like? Read what Jesus said. It's right there. And on social media earlier uh, today and yesterday, I said, that I believe that this message 
would change your life if you were here. If you're watching online, if you're here in the room, I just believe that this message would change your life. It was a little bit misleading, okay? Because it's not my message. It's not the message that I have to bring, but it's the greatest message that's ever been given, which is the message of Jesus Christ. That's the message that will change your life forever when you hear it, when you receive it, when you accept it. And it's called good news for a reason, guys, right? It's the good news. It's the gospel. Like this is what it's all about. And Jesus died so that you and I could live. Like the death that we just read is the death that all of us deserve. Scripture says the wages of sin is death. And yet the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That he put himself on the cross. It's the grace of God that saves you, man. It's not no amount of good that you can do can save you. No amount of good things and good vibes and positivity and all this stuff that we talk about, none of that matters. All that matters is belief in Jesus Christ and receiving the grace of God, knowing that I do not deserve this, but thank God that Jesus shed his blood on the cross for me. Thank God that he was crucified for me. He took on all my sin and all of my shame and all the bad things I've ever done and he put it on his back. And now I have an opportunity to connect with God in a way that I never did before. It says the veil was torn. Now we have access to the Father. It's amazing. It's amazing. He, he made a way for you to find forgiveness, healing, grace, peace, love in your life. And he offers it freely. That's the best part. It's a free gift. And I just want to encourage somebody today. This is just what I felt like God told me to do. It's just to encourage you, read the word. Just read the word. Read the word. I don't know what your time with God looks like right now. I know we're busy. I know that's how it goes. But you don't have time not to do this because it will change your life. It affects everything. It's the literal words of God that we have right here. You know that if I took this book into some other countries, I'd be killed for it. And we have it on our smartphones. I just had you point a phone at a screen and you were able to download the word of God onto your phone or your iPad or whatever you have. And there's some countries that if I brought this or you brought this or they, they have to smuggle it in. And sometimes it's just the New Testament. Sometimes it's just one book and they're so incredibly grateful they, and they're crying when they get this book in their hands. And I just, I don't wanna shame anybody, but I also feel like maybe we need a little conviction, right? Like, Let's not take this book for granted. Let's not take the words of God for granted. Let's read, let's learn, let's grow in our faith. Let me tell you, the more you read, the more you hear. The more you read the word of God, the more that you hear the voice of God. The more you read, the more you change. The more you read, the more that you grow in your faith, y'all. I'm praying that 2024 is a year of seeing the miraculous in your life. I believe that God wants to do some amazing things in your life this year in 2024. In this fast, I believe that God wants to speak to you, that he wants to pour out his spirit over your life and over your family. You're gonna hear things from God. You're gonna hear the voice of God. And maybe you've never even heard his voice before. You don't even know how to decipher. You don't even know what it sounds like, but let me encourage you with this today. If you don't know where to start, start right here. Start with prayer, start right here with the word of God. And if you don't even know where to start in there, start with what we just read, read Jesus. He said, if you see me, you've seen the father, right? So read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just read through it, man. And let the life of Jesus speak to you. 
Every time I've opened the word over the last seven days, and, and there've been times I've been trying to pray and I'm like, God, would you speak to me? You know, I wanna hear your voice and these, for these different things. I'm praying for you, I'm praying for our church. And I'm trying to hear God's voice. And sometimes I struggle with it, but when I've gone and I've opened up this Bible and I've sat on my couch and I've just read with no agenda, just reading, then God will speak to me and he'll say something to me. He'll download something in my head. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what you were trying to say. Yes. And then this happens. And then, and I think of something else and then God speaks again and it just keeps going. And it's incredible. The conversations I've had with my wife over just the last week uh, about the gospel and about what God's doing in our family and our church has been amazing. And it's all started right here. So I encourage you, let's keep going. Let's keep believing. Let's believe that God wants to do some miraculous stuff in our lives and in our church. Come on, is there anybody that has some faith that God wants to use you to impact the kingdom of God in 2024? I know he wants to use me and I'm saying, hey God, please use me. Let me be a part of the solution for Kyle and Buda and San Marcos, Texas. Let me, let me encourage these people at Radical Church. Let's build up our children in the faith so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. I believe that God wants to do something powerful in your life. Let's see what God can do. And it starts with a commitment to the word of God, to prayer, to seeking the face of God. Not just for us, but for others. And I just wanna end with the phrase, uh, that Jesus said time and time again uh, at the end of his parables. I said it earlier and, you know, I, I hope that one day you'll look back on this day and say, that was, that was the day that I renewed my love for the word of God. Or maybe that was the day I learned to love the word of God for the very first time. Remember that awkward time when Pastor Trevor just sat there and read for 20 minutes, you know? You remember that? Yeah, that was the day. That was the time. When I decided that I was gonna give my life to the word of God, not just for studying sake, not just so that I can know things, but so that I can know him, know the God that loves me, know the God that created me and created everything that we know and love. So I'm gonna end with this phrase uh, that Jesus said all the time at the end of his parables, let him who has ears hear. And I hope that you will hear what God is speaking to you and me today. Let's pray. Father God, I am so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful for the access that we have to it. Let us never take it for granted. Thank you that when we read your words, that it transforms our lives. Your word is strong. Your word is powerful. Your word has the ability to transform our hearts and to break addictions. When we start to read the word, God, we don't understand how it works, but we just know that it's alive, that it's breathing. It says that it's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training. When we write your words on our hearts, God, when we're going through a hard time, we can be comforted by the words of God, by your Holy Spirit. When we're on the mountaintop, God, we can use your word to praise you and to say, thank you for all your blessings. Thank you for the provision that you've given to me in my life. Thank you for this amazing marriage and this amazing, uh, this amazing person I'm with. Thank you for my kids and for my job and everything that I have. God, we will praise you with your words and we'll be comforted by your words. When we lose somebody that's close to us, God will mourn with your words. And when we don't know where to go next, we'll find direction from your word. And 
I just pray that somebody in this place that's struggling to hear your voice would just learn to start with what you've already said. Would learn that through seeing the life of Jesus and the words of Jesus, that God, we're seeing you. We're seeing the Father. And Holy Spirit, I know that your word says that you, that you illuminate the word to us. And so I pray that as we read, I know it's difficult to even to understand for some people, Lord, but I just pray, Holy Spirit, illuminate the word of God to where we can understand and where we can grow and where we can use it in our everyday lives to become more like you and to make an impact in the lives of those around us. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for what you're doing in our church and in our families. Let him who has ears hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give God praise for just a moment? Let's put our hands together. Thank you, Lord. Um, I hope that you will take this message today and, and go home while it's so cold outside. You ain't going anywhere anyway, right? You know, so just bundle up, sit on the couch, uh, crack open the word of God. And if you are new, thank you so much for being here. I know today's a little bit different. I don't always do this, I promise. But uh, we'd love to have you at our welcome party around 1230. Put your connect card back there. We'd love to connect with you. God bless you. See ya.